guys behind the scenes just seem to be able to essentially make something go viral out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think you can feel that happening sometimes. Like we said, like, I'll post something that I just really don't think is very good. Yeah. Um, and you'll feel it just kind of blow up out of nowhere, and I'm kind of like, what is happening there? Like, it does feel intentional. Mm. It, does, it, it doesn't make sense that some do that well and others don't. And it ha- there has to be someone or something behind that because it, it's... Um, if it was generally, genuinely randomly selected almost by the algorithm... Not randomly, but if it was a complete merit-based system, that just wouldn't happen. It, there's been too many confusing things for that to be true. Do you know what I mean? There's been too many yeah. times where I've been like, oh, this has just died on its ass," or this has just gone really out of nowhere. Mm. It, it isn't just merit-based. No way. I'm sure of that. Have you ever reposted a video? Uh, yeah, I did. Like, There's been a couple of times I've done that. Once was when I had got shadow banned because I'd put uh, fuck in the captions. And I thought, I thought, I was like, fuck, I need to just delete that quickly, re-upload it without that in the captions. And, um, and I did, and by which point it was already dead. But then there was another time where I was posting my delivery, like, delivery memes. And um, I uploaded a new version of it. Uh, and it kept being out of sync. Did you ever see those delivery memes that I did? It was basically like a guy at the door posing for delivery. Yes, I just Yeah. And like, you know, the, the concept of that sketch was that like, he was get, he, he was asking the delivery driver to take pictures of him and not of the package. And he kept posing and there was a boop boop every time he posed, right? It was like a picture sound. And I kept uploading this TikTok and I was like, it's out of fucking sync because like, when I'm doing like the timing, on, in, I'm editing my TikToks, I like the timing to be perfect. And like, mm. if the beep hits, like when just at like half a second out, it's not going to be as funny. It's not going to mm. be as funny by about 50%, which yeah. is weird because like when you're editing, you can like see, you find this sweet spot and it's perfect. And I kept uploading this meme and I was like, it's fucking wrong. And I went back and re-edited it and I was going mental because it was like episode two in this series and it was going really well. I ended up re-uploading it like seven times. And thankfully, it ended up doing well because I also think TikTok knows when you've already posted something. I think it has like logs it almost. Yeah, I, I've never really figured it out to be honest because I see some people. So some people download their videos on TikTok using an app. Yeah. So there's a couple I use which remove the watermark. Yeah. Then you can obviously download it just using TikTok, but they leave the watermark on. Yeah. But. Apparently, if you then, because a lot of people download it to then repurpose it for Instagram and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then Instagram, I've now got a thing where if they see that TikTok logo, they'll then downvote it because obviously yeah, it's advertising completely. another platform. Yeah. So, but then I've I've seen people upload it on TikTok with the watermark on it, so it's a TikTok video with the watermark, and, yeah. and sometimes it does terrible. Yeah. And sometimes it does well, and like I had a video, I, my highest performing video on one of my accounts was 2 million views last time I checked it and it was the worst video I've ever done it was the laziest it was rubbish all I did was record my laptop screen and it was of a a front end developer his portfolio basically because what he's done is he's turned this portfolio rather than like having a a PDF document he's made like a Pokemon style game and you can like walk around the world and like look at his stuff and I just, I uploaded it and it got 2 million. But anyway, I, I reposted that 
about three months later out of curiosity to see how it got on. Yeah. Because it did awful on YouTube. It got like 10 views on YouTube and like 15 yeah. on Instagram and like 2 million on TikTok and then like a 1,000 on LinkedIn. So I was like, there's no consistency no, here at no. all. And then I re-uploaded it and I think it got like, I think it got like 10,000 views on TikTok, but yeah. nothing like it was. And I suppose there is a chance that people would have been like, oh, since you. Maybe. I think there's a whole, there's, if, honestly, I find it fascinating. There's a whole load of factors involved. Like, what time are you posting it? What are your hashtags? What's your caption? Because the caption, I think, is so important. The more, the more I think about it. Like, mm. when you flick on a video, your eyes go like, boom, boom, boom. They go like, writing on the picture, what's on the picture, caption. And I think the caption is the most important thing. Because if you see something that makes you think, what does that mean? It makes you stay. So I don't like to do captions that are like, really obvious mm. so like they kind of tell the punchline up front or they kind of like almost set the joke up like i don't like captions that are like that moment when your mom sees you or something like that because it's like it's too easy to swipe away from that because you're like oh i get the joke already so when you mean caption it do you mean the little writing at the bottom the yeah would you call it description maybe the description yeah, yeah. description okay yeah so description. well yeah caption description but the that's interesting because um some people don't post captions yeah but then I've also seen some other stuff saying that TikTok's moving to more towards like an SEO-based thing. Yeah. So some people are writing Instagram-like I started writing longer ones, yeah, yeah. And it's like it. People started finding my videos on Google. They started commenting, being like, I found this on Google. Oh, interesting. But I think it's more important to have the in-app, you're always optimised towards the in-app experience. I think those people who don't do captions, they're just really, really good at what they do to the point where they don't have to and everyone watches because they see that person and they're like, oh, it's that person. Mm. But also there's something equally engaging about not putting a caption. Like I once, and also putting a caption that is just so lazy, it's like, what the fuck's this about? Like once I saw a really well-performing TikTok and the caption was, um, no hashtags, I choose you. As in like, I'm not putting any hashtags, whoever this hits, right. you're going to get it. And it was a really good caption because it made you stop and be like, oh, like it made you feel like, well, he's chosen me. I don't know. So you watched it. Um, so yeah, I put captions deliberately to reference something about halfway through the video. And I will never ever put watch till the end or this happens at the end or anything like that. And I won't put stay till the middle. I'll just put like, say I laugh in the middle of a video mm -hmm. and people like my laugh sometimes. I'll say something about that. Like, I'll be like, oh, that really made me laugh. It's a terrible example. I would never put that. But let's say I say that. Because then that makes them stay for at least five seconds mm. to be like, what made him laugh? You know? Anyway, back to my point. There's loads of things involved in this, I think. What time you post it? What's your caption? What are your hashtags? And um, who's online at that time? What day did you post it? And, like, if the first hundred people are just by chance the perfect hundred then it could get 2 million, but it could be the exact same TikTok at the exact same time with everything the same. And you might have only 50 people are perfect because the algorithm just got it slightly wrong. And you might hit like 50K. And it, I just think like, you just leave it up to the gods sometimes. So sometimes like, I kind of think about reposting, but then I, I quite like leaving it up to the gods. Like if this, this one does well, then whatever, like that's just the way it was supposed to be. I did, it, I did it right that time. Mm. And the other times I did it wrong, I'll just move on kind of thing. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it does. But how does it make you feel 
because I think a lot of people sometimes they get lazy with their creation because they're like, well, it's it's a gamble of if the video's even going to perform. So when you spend, because I know you've done this before, we've chatted about it before. When you spend like two minutes on a video, walking video, just running, and it yeah. does five hundred k, and then you you do a like a well created, yeah. crafted, proper skit, which. Yeah. As I've said to you before, like I think they're funnier a lot mm. of times. And how does it make you feel? When you, are you, do you get frustrated? Does it put you off? It definitely puts me off. Um, it definitely puts me off doing very well, like, uh, what's the word? Devised sketches. Mm. So, like, short, reverse short, wide short, like, doing a proper edit. It puts me off that. I would only do that if I was, like, really confident of an idea and I was doing it with someone else because, like... I, I can't trust myself entirely as like a comedic performer to do a sketch like that um, and it go well. I kind of need some kind of like moral support almost when I'm doing it. But I still do like easy sketches. So I'll still do like one shot sketches with my mates quite a lot or, or, or maybe two shot sketches. Yeah. And that's fine. But it definitely puts you off to an extent. Yeah. Like I, when I'm thinking of ideas now, I'm just kind of thinking... Well, I should probably just talk about it rather than acting it out, you know? Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, look, it'd be good to go into your correct process, but I think for those who don't know who you are, mm. can you just give, like, a who background? Who the fuck are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could just, like, give a background of, like, who you are before you were doing all of this and, yeah. and I suppose your journey up until jumping on TikTok, yeah. the challenges that you've had maybe in the early days and then up until present day, if that's cool. right. Yeah, Over so you. I am Fred. I've been living in London seven years. I've been TikToking for two. I've been working in marketing for the first five. And um, I like have always wanted to um, be successful online with some kind of content or whatever. I've tried all the platforms. And then towards the end of 2021, just kind of back end of all those lockdowns, I just decided to start trying and uh, managed to hit like some successful videos. January 2022, started posting some like corporate memes and things like that. And then throughout 2022, grew to 200K, and then now I'm about 250K. Um, just kind of doing whatever, really. And um, recently, as you know, three, four weeks ago-ish, I quit my full-time job in marketing to work part-time in marketing and also be a full-time, like, well, part-time freelance TikToker as well. So that was quite a big moment. And um, yeah. You don't want to say the word influencer or... Yeah, I actually, I think I prefer that to TikToker though. Because yeah. TikToker makes you sound like you're strapped to one app. And I, to be honest, I prefer Instagram a lot of the mm. time. It's a lot better. But, um, but yeah, influencer. Yeah, part-time influencer. Yeah, I suppose like influencing now is... When people say influencing, they either think of like fit fam girls on Instagram, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And people who promote, like, products and green teas and stuff. That's it, yeah. I see influencer as being, like, someone who has a niche and they're kind of, they've got their community. Mm. And so they can influence that community to buy things in that niche. Yeah. So, like, makeup's the best example. So I don't think I really influence anyone. Mm. I think I'm just, like, I think people follow me because they, like, they liked one of my videos at once. But I don't think I'm an influencer, no, but I'll say it anyway. Yeah, I'd class you more as like a, a TikTok comedian or just a, com a comedian, actually. Not even I'd a like that, yeah, I'd like to be a comedian. I really want to start stand-up comedy 
and um, featured. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really just looking for the right venue, like because I'm, I'm a bit stressed. Do you know what I'm stressed about? And this sounds really like egotistical, but I'm really, really stressed about like um, someone knowing me there, because like I say when I'm out on the street on a Saturday night and people are drunk, yeah, I'm gonna be get like three people uh, across the night mm. come up and say, "Oh, I saw one of your or something." And that's fine. That's literally three people in the entirety of London. There's basically nobody. However, if there was any chance that one of those people was in a comedy gig where I was performing comedy for the first time, even just the thought of that makes me so anxious because they would have, even just that one person would have like, I guess expectations or something. I just want to know that I'm doing it to like, completely new people and I know what you're thinking and what everyone's probably thinking is you will because you I'm not fucking TikTok famous but it's just the anxiety of it you know I disagree I think you I think you will very likely be performing in front of people who do know you and I think they've got to because it's a different type of comedy what you do a lot of it I've watched it and I I may have even said it to you before but a lot of it, I think, can be transformed, transferred into stand-up comedy, into like a routine. Yeah. But the, especially when you're like doing observational comedy, right? Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot yeah. of your stuff is observational because I know obviously you do your skits, which are great. Um, the observational stuff where you're just walking down the street and stuff, you could very easily move that into a like a routine. Yeah. Because if you think you, you like Ricky Gervais, right? Yeah. 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 So. Um, I don't know if you ever listened to his really old XFM shows with yeah, Carl yeah, yeah. And, and Steve. I actually, just to clarify, I really like that stuff. The XFM shows, I absolutely love. So, I when did I get into Ricky? I didn't actually watch The Office when I was a kid. I didn't, okay. I didn't get into it until like last couple of years. Oh, alright. Well, that's lucky because you got to see it for the first time like as an adult. Yeah, I just didn't... I don't know, you need to watch things and you don't really grasp the humour and then you, yeah, your yeah. humour changes over time, right? So yeah. I used to like, do you know Lee, you know Lee Evans? Like, yeah, I love Lee Evans. I used to love Lee Evans. He used to be my favourite comedian when I was like, you know, from about 12 until 22. I saw, I went to, his, well, I think it was his last tour. Um, but it was weird because my like sense of humour changed mm. and Lee Evans is very in your face. Uh, I don't want to say like immature, but highly, highly energetic, like yeah, loud. Yeah. yeah. And, what happened was for me anyway is I started preferring sarcastic humour. So I like mm. Ricky Gervais and observational humour and a bit well, more well-crafted. Okay, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Ricky Gervais, he, his old stuff is amazing. Like his yeah, XFM yeah. shows, people actually go to, like, did you know there's like a whole like cult around going to sleep listening to them? Yeah, I reckon I started that, mate. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be the guy that's like, I knew it first, but I swear to fucking God. I downloaded all those XFM shows when I was about 14 yeah. and used to fall asleep to them every single night. And um, and I thought it was my little secret and it annoyed me when everyone else found out about it. Because now you go on Reddit and the fucking X, the, the yeah. zip file of all of them is always there, isn't it? What, so what is up with that? Because I only I only started doing it recently. My, my fiance won't let me because she hates Ricky Gervais' laugh. Oh, yeah. Because well, she'll be drifting off and then she'll just hear... <laughs> like that. So... Because I was, I started listening to the Ricky Gervais stuff a few years, yeah, well, actually, you know, years ago. I was listening to the um, the XFM stuff because I had to download it onto my my iPod. Yeah. 
now it's all available on Spotify. But good, good times. Yeah, great times. And, and I think it got really popular when they were doing those animated shows on Channel 4. Yeah. Around the time an Idiot Abroad came out. Yeah. But Agree, yeah, that was when it started to blow up and I started to feel like it was being taken from us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of people felt like that, mate, yeah. to be honest. And I was one of the people that was... I actually can't remember if I was listening to it. I think I was listening to it before because I think I sort of stumbled upon it. Yeah, they, you must... I think you will have been... They went did an XFM and then they did Apple Podcasts, but, it, but, they, but they did it in audiobooks, I think. Or they did Apple Podcasts and then they sold two audiobooks that were like specials. Yeah, and then they did, um, then they did a few like one-off specials for free. They basically invented podcasting Ooh. as a comedy like outlet, and yeah. then fucked off. And yeah, didn't do anything else. It was the most downloaded podcast in the world at one point, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so it's good. crazy. It's it's actually crazy. But and did you? I assume you like extras as well. Yeah, great. Loved extras. Yeah. Um, I think I actually prefer extras to The Office sometimes. Oh, nice, yeah. This was such a good episode. And then his stand-up was good. I mean, a lot of his stand-up... The, the funny thing as well is the people who... Because I always push people towards the XFM shows. Yeah. Because in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, that's actually his best stuff. Yeah, the crappy radio show he did. so candid as mm. well. Like, the, the, the whole... If people like Carl Pilkington, I'm like, if you haven't listened to XFM, you just don't... You don't like it. Like, you, don't, you don't know. Yeah, you, you, you don't. Yeah. You've just seen an idiot abroad and... Um, you know, maybe his new stuff, sick of it and stuff, but it's it is, in my opinion, it's the the greatest radio show ever, and it will probably, I think, given time, because it's still not been that long, really, objectively. Mm. It's been like what in, in terms of like human history and stuff. But in a hundred years, people might look back at that and go, "That was like a well, it was a big, was it? it was a big moment in like culture, because or it's a big influence in culture. I don't know any other radio shows that anyone downloads zip files to go listen to. So in that sense, it has to be one of the best. This is the thing. It's going to be... It's really interesting because it's... It, the quality is not great, like, in terms mm. of, like, compared to the normal production values of, like, a radio show. And they are just... Man, they swear. They swear at 2 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon on Saturday. Yeah. I, I was actually Googling, like, the laws and stuff because I couldn't understand, but obviously it's a running joke on the, on yeah. the show anyway. But... Yeah, it's, it's it's fascinating, and with with Ricky, like I listened to a podcast actually with Stephen Merchant a couple years ago, and because yeah. there's there's this whole thing online, isn't there, about whether or not they're all actually friends still? Yeah, and apparently they're all fine. It's just Ricky said, "Look, I worked with Steve, you know, side by side for fifteen years. Mm. You know, it's like working with a colleague for fifteen years. Like you, mm. you probably would be like, actually, you know, we." I'm, I'm, we're, we're sort of done now sort of thing um, I, f- I feel like we will work together again I just want to go back actually to stand up comedy yeah so I completely agree with or I understand the trajectory you've gone on because like I, I also like Lee Evans and I did like Ricky Gervais' earlier stuff and like that's a, like a really understandable kind of way to go I feel like I've gone the opposite way where I feel like I look at Lee Evans and the stuff he used to do as being like like masterfully crafted and I know you'll feel the same it's just a different type of craft mm. like it is goofy and it is like ridiculous and very immature but then again like it's so hard to do that like yeah. if, you, if you try and if you try and be goofy like that people's immediate reaction is like just fucking shut up mate you know what I mean just shut up have you seen any other comedian be like that because I haven't it's just ridiculous how he does it and like um, and like I look at observational comedy and people kind of poo poo 
um, really famous observational comedians like Michael McIntyre and Peter Kay, the kind of like real audience friendly ones. Mm. But again, like they're famous for a reason. Like observational comedy to that level is so hard. It's so so hard, and so. I think there's value in them all, is my point. And I think that I've grown up to probably respect the Lee Evans's more than I probably used to, I think. It's just like music. Yeah. So, what do you like? Rock? Pop? You know? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It, it's just my. I haven't gone back and watched Lee Evans because I, I don't. It's one of those things where it's like, I loved him so much, I was obsessed with him for so long, yeah. and I don't want to rewatch his old stuff and have it ruined, so I'd rather just leave that. Mm. Ricky Gervais. You know, he's, uh, tell you what, have you seen his new, newest stand-up? Not, not to make this the uh, Ricky Gervais podcast. I think I did, I, 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 it was my last Ricky Gervais stand and I actually went to see it live at the, at the thingy, at the Hammersmith Polo, wherever it was. I think I saw it and I saw it. No, it was, it was in Leicester Square, uh, what's it called? Near New York's The Circus. That's Hippodrome. where I went. Hippodrome? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you were there. I was in the, I was in the VIP. I've got a funny story about oh, that. Nice. Basically what happened was... My uh, fiance ordered the tickets like a year and a half before because obviously yeah. it got cancelled during COVID and stuff. And um, on the day, she hadn't checked because she's not very good at stuff like that. And on the day, we found out that it was a fake ticket from Viagogo. So oh. guys, do not buy a ticket from Viagogo because the customer service is in like Sweden. Yeah. The customer service girl told me that the guy was going to meet us outside the stadium. It was all bollocks. We knew it was bollocks. Mm. And we said, well, look, we're going there. And then they emailed us on the way there saying, oh, your ticket's been refunded. You haven't got a ticket. Oh. Anyway, we got there and we were just about to leave because the guys were basically saying that it's sold out. Like, mm. you can't even buy a ticket at the stage. Mm. And um, this couple were buying a VIP booth with two spaces. So we went we went um, quarters with them. Oh, nice. And uh, I was sat in the uh, little VIP booth right, right next to Ricky Gervais. That's such a result. Anyway, yeah, we shouldn't talk about Ricky Gervais. <laughs> We shouldn't. I think it was my fault. Sorry. It's alright. <laughs> oh yeah, starting stand-up comedy. So yeah, exactly. One day, I'll, one day I'll try. Yeah. So you definitely should. Yeah, you definitely should. I think you're you'll definitely have fans in the audience, but you also gain fans as well. And then, w- would you actually put footage of that on your TikTok? Do you reckon? I would. Um, I would put it on my Instagram to say, "Hey guys, look what I tried." But I wouldn't put. I would only do it for like. Um, just for like well done, mm. like I wouldn't actually put like jokes up there because I, I think like you got to show respect to like the medium of stand up. I think like really good comedians they'll they'll work at it for like ten years before they even, as in back in the day, before they even got the chance to be have like one spot on TV, and then they would have a special maybe five years after that. Mm. And I think. Um, I think if you just go and do stand-up like three times and then start posting shit, it's kind of a bit like you're disrespecting it as like an art form because I think you're not going to be good at that point. You know, you still, you're going to have to learn for like at least a year before you're competent. Mm. You might have a lucky first show or something because a lot of people do say that the first show tends to be unusually okay because you, I guess you're not expecting anything. And mm. by the time you get a laugh, you just relax. Um but anyway, regardless, I would just put it up there just for like bands. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start posting clips until I felt like I was experienced, basically. Yeah. So, your early days on TikTok, like before you blew up, and then yeah. and then when you started blowing up, could you just walk us through that a little bit, just just so everyone can understand what that journey's like? Because there's obviously so many people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I was posting 
shit, um, absolute shit, just being, I remember telling my mates, like, oh, I really want to blow up on TikTok. I was kind of pissing around, really, honestly, just the worst stuff, following trends and all this. And then one day I posted some more shit that, like we were talking about before we started recording or when we started recording, just randomly blew up out of nowhere. Um, and it was just me on the tube doing a doing a TikTok dance trend um, in a kind of slightly different way. And it blew up to, at the time, it was like 150K. And that felt massive. And I was like, just, um, for some reason, just suddenly locked in. And I was like, it suddenly felt possible. Now I saw that I could do it. Or in my in my eyes, I'd gone viral, and and now I now I seen that. Then I was like, all right, I'm just gonna fucking post all the time now. And I just ended up posting shit, shit, shit. And I've actually got a screenshot from the week that that video went well for me. And like, it's that video has 147k, and then I've got six videos around it, which are my first six videos, and they all have like 2k. And I remember looking back. I looked at all those 2K videos as like also being successes, mm. which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I think that's, I'm glad I did that because, um, because they were, because like I was posting every day at that point and me getting more than a hundred views, I was like, fucking hell, like, here we go. Even though I'd had 147K by that point, I was just so happy that like I was in the thousands, you know? So then I just kept posting, kept posting and my, I always look at my base rate. So like back then my base rate was if I posted a TikTok, it would get about 2K views. And then I remember the day where I said to my mate, I was like, oh, I think my base level is about 10K now. Like if I post, I can expect it to get 10K. Now I feel like my base is 30K. So like if I can post, if I post something that's utterly wank, I can expect it to get 30K still, which is where I see the success. Because, like, over time, my big TikToks went from, like, 147K was the first one, and then I got my first mill, and I was really excited about that, and then I got my second mill, and that was, like, an original sketch, and I was well excited about that. And then I hit 10 mil with the delivery ones, and that is mega exciting, and I love it, and it doesn't happen very often. And I do feel success in that, but the real success comes from that base rate for me, because that base rate is, like... That's your like community and that's your the people who are locked into you and they'll watch whatever and they're kind of like uh, what's the word? They're like invested in you as a person. And that's a that's good to our high base rate, because like we've talked about big people who get very big videos and very small videos, and I am I'm, I'm proud that I have like a good consistent level in the middle. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of my journey. You might not want to answer this question. Okay. But like have you ever, because with the base rate, so from a business perspective, they're the ones that would actually want to buy like merchandise from you. Wait, you? what do you mean? So you're loyal followers, right? Yeah. They're, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so you've got your 30,000 that always turn up sort of thing. Exactly. Have you ever had people like request merchandise and have you got plans to do that at all? Do you know what? I haven't even thought about it until you just said it now. Um, when, when you said merchandise, I thought you meant um, brand stuff. Like yeah. me selling someone else's Yeah. Stuff. Wait, do you mean merchandise of me? Mate, if you made a t-shirt with like your face or some sort of like animated face and something about your character like Jenny or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. If you had like a, you know you get those really uh, stylized like outlines or like 
you can't quite see the facial expressions. They're like art quite artistic yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. So not like actually a picture of you. I mean, yeah. you could do that as well. But, and then like, shut up Jenny, aren't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. If you did that and sold them for like 10, 15 quid each, you'd probably sell hundreds. You really? You think Mate, so? 100%. Yeah, loads of people do it. Because you're, you're at that point now. You've got you've got loyal followers who who actually like are probably at a point where they'd love to buy stuff from you. They'd love to support you. So mm. I reckon honestly, do that. I was thinking about this, not in regards to me. I was thinking about it in regards to um, oh, what the fuck was it? I think it was a cafe. Oh yeah, no, the the Time Out number one best restaurant in London is called Cafe Cecilia, and it's or maybe it's Cecilia, and it's uh, near Broadway Market, right? And I went, and it was fucking banging. Mm. Unbelievable. Like, ridiculous. And then I went to book again the other day, and I saw that they were selling um, Cafe Cecilia t-shirts, and I was, and for 40 quid. And I was like, fucking hell. But you know what the first thing I thought was? I was like, oh, well, I don't have one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been once. Maybe. Like, I just had a good bread and butter pudding. That was it. Um, and they were all sold out. And... Uh, and so I did think, so now you mentioned this, maybe it's true, like maybe there'll be, there'll be like 200 people out there who'll be like, I would, I would probably get one. So you need, you yeah. sell, you sell 200 of your loyalist, loyalist fans Yeah. That, and they'll want to buy a t-shirt by the way, like you're, it's supply and demand, they'll want to buy this, you're not like, I think some people look at it as like, oh I'm sort of mugging them off in a way. I do feel No, like but that. you're not mate, because like, I would buy one, because they're funny, because they'd be like, oh I've seen that, oh I've seen that for a oh, right, right, right. and it's like a community isn't it? But you can do it so easily as well. I'll show you after if you want. I'll send yeah, you yeah. I, I would. I would put the price at like basically cost price plus like a quid. Like I wouldn't want to be doing like a cafe Cecilia at like forty quid. You yeah, know? but yeah. you can do um, you can do stuff like uh, like there's a website called Squarespace. Yeah, which is like website design. Oh, that might even be like what you were doing, right? Uh, sort of. No, I wasn't doing that. What do you mean? No, I digital like, marketing and stuff, right? Oh no, but I know, I know the website though. But I wasn't doing that. Right? right. No, I, I heard of another one that was similar. Is it where you just like submit your design and they sell it for you? Exactly. Almost? Yeah. Yeah, and it's okay. so easy to do now. You don't, you, know, you don't even see the t-shirts. They just like they print it, they ship it, and then they take two quid and you take seven or something. Yeah, I think I will. Do you know what? I'll probably do it, and I'll probably do it for a bit of a joke. And like I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it to make loads of profit because I do feel, I do feel really anxious about like. Looking like I'm mugging people off with that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and even with brand deal ads on TikTok, mm. uh, I mean, I've ranted to, to you about this before, but I just I get anxious that people see it as a bad thing, and I just want to talk to those people and be like, I don't think it is a bad thing. Like, please calm down. Mm. I'm sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know what else to do. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't sell them for a lot, but I think it'd be funny. I might look into it. It, it will be. It will actually be really funny. People buy them. People want them. This is the thing. But on that as well, like, so how have you, as you've grown, yeah. How have you dealt with the? I suppose we're, we're sort of because you're you're gonna get big, much bigger. Your trajectory is gonna get a lot bigger over the next year. You'd imagine, right? Oh, so we're sort of arguably in the early stages of it. But how have you dealt with that sort of like even being recognised in public, and also on the flip side of that, have you have you had many hating hating comments, and how have you dealt with that? Do you know what? Thankfully, not had much hate comments. I can't remember. There's not one that springs to mind that like really got to me or whatever. And that's not to say that there are they're there and they just don't get to me. They honestly haven't 
been there. Mm. Like, um, and and that's great. Like, there's obviously people like take the piss out or whatever, but like, I don't. I find that quite funny to be honest. Like, a lot of them make me laugh, um, especially if they're genuinely angry about something that I've done mm. that was clearly harmless. I find that very funny. So no, the hate's been fa- no hate. Um, I think that some people really do struggle with that because of like maybe the topic that they're talking about. So it might be like, if you're like a fashion or beauty influencer, I think they get a lot of undue hate because they're projecting as fashionable or beautiful. You know what I mean? Right. And that must be really hard because you, mu- you must have to be like, hey, here's how you look good on a Saturday night or whatever. And then that opens yourself up to people being like, you look shit, you look shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that must be shit. I think the reason why I don't get it is because a lot of my content is me looking shit uh, or, or me being the butt of the joke or something like that. So yeah. that's fine. Um, in terms of like being recognised in public, like I say, it doesn't happen much. It happens more when people are drunk because they're more confident to say it. So like if I'm out, if I'm around Soho on a Saturday night or something, I walked past, <laughs> I was just walking around Soho with my girlfriend the other night and a guy went, Fred, as I walked past it. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, people do that sometimes. But it really isn't many, and therefore I'm fine with it. Like, I can't... I only, when it started to happen, um, I, I, I remember thinking, like, God, imagine being, like, famous. Like, mm. Imagine being, like... Who's the most famous person in the world? Beckham? Pierre. Must David be. Beckham, Barack Obama, Beyonce. Like, imagine being these people, you can't fucking go anywhere. Tom Cruise, mm. you can't go anywhere. It must be a nightmare. Like, I'm here stressing about trying to do comedy because there might, like, in a one in a hundred chance, be one person in there that knows me. If you're fucking Tom Cruise, you can't do anything with your life ever again. Like, yeah. you're, you're just going to have to be locked up and probably have security with you. Do you know what I mean? Anyway... So I dealt with it fine because it's not very common. There were there have been a few times where like I felt really embarrassed. So there was one time a couple of weeks ago, it was like bank holiday weekend, everyone was drunk, I was drunk on the tube, and a big Hindu got on and they were all drunk. And I saw one of them lock eyes at me, and I thought, ah, oh, because she might she could have been locking eyes at me for anything. Yeah. I was with my girlfriend, she might have just been locking eyes at me thinking, oh, look at them too, or whatever, I don't know. But I thought, oh, really? And then I heard her say really loud because she was drunk. Oh, is that that guy from TikTok to all her mates? And you know when the carriage is really quiet? Like, it was kind of towards the end of, like, a Saturday night and no one else was speaking. So I heard that very clearly. And I thought, I really hope this doesn't... I really hope she doesn't say something because, like, there's too many of them. Like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, so she ends up saying something. And I just felt so awkward because everyone in the fucking carriage could hear. And then I, I hate feeling like they're looking and being like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, he thinks he's all that getting recognised in public. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck he is, that kind of thing. And I don't want this to happen. And I'm trying to, like, just calm the situation down. And they're all being like, oh, I love this one, I love that one. And I love it that they love it. But I just don't know what to say. I'm just like on this quiet tube carriage being like, thanks very much. I went really red and I just was like, it's not their fault. It's just I'm not good in that situation sometimes. That was quite intense. There was like 15 of them. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think everyone, every um, sort of like celebrity or whatever goes through this, public figure goes through this, right? So 
Have you read Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights? No, is it good though? Really good, recommend right. it, because he's very, very candid around the transitional period. Because it's not like he sort of, some of the books that I've read about from like rock stars and stuff, they sort of like glaze over that transitional and period. And that's the most interesting bit. It is, yeah, and some of them just sort of cover it in a couple of pages. Yeah. But McConaughey goes into it in like granular detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's a, mo- so there's a moment in the book where He's already done a couple of little movies, mm. but he did some movie in like the late nineties. It was like his breakout movie. I can't remember mm. what it was. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it was. The Time to Kill, maybe or something. But oh, Rain of Fire. Was it Rain of Fire? Maybe. Is that the dragon one? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Is it no, good? I haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> okay, good chat. Um, <laughs> there's there's an interesting story about that as well. You should read it in the book. Okay. But. Basically, he he walks down the. It's the day before the release day, mm-hmm. and he walks down the boulevard wherever he's staying in. Uh, I can't remember where it is. LA, I guess. Yeah, LA mm-hmm. must be LA. So he walk, walks down the boulevard, gets an ice cream, gets coffee, mm-hmm. cracks on his day. Nobody cares about him. He's just a mm-hmm. normal guy. That's the Friday. On the Saturday, does the same thing, and he's walking down. Yeah. And there's like tens of people keep looking at him. And he's yeah. like, "What is? Get-? He's like, oh my god, is this now? Hap- is this it? Am I yeah. famous now? Like he's passed through the threshold." Yeah. And then it, people were like, one person asked for a picture, one person asked for an autograph. Sorry, because it's the nineties. And then like ten did, and then he's like, "Oh my fucking god, this is it. This is my life. This is it for yeah. the rest of my life." So yes. Do you, do you know what I've noticed about that about TikTok is that that you are not on his level, but you almost have that experience oh, yeah. when you have um, when you have a big video. But then the sad thing is, you just see it disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so like, well, he got famous, and then he's, you sustain that for the rest of his fucking life. He'll never be able to walk anywhere again. Mm. On TikTok, you have sometimes I've had like maybe a five million video in a particular community, maybe like corporate. And then if I go walk in like a corporate area, I'll get recognised in the week after that video. Mm. But then I'll go walk there the next week, and no one will recognise you. It's like people have like a. A very recent memory of what they've seen, memes mm. they've seen. Because how many how many memes do you remember? Like yeah, there like five all time memes. You know, so they're never going to remember you after a week. Mm. So like, basically, um, yeah, you you see that jump and then you feel it go away. So like, I was at the fast the fast X Fast and Furious um, preview the other night, mm-hmm. and because I'd done a big Fast and Furious TikTok. Everyone there was like, "Oh, is that guy who did the first few No, no way. So suddenly you feel like fucking Matthew McConaughey in the cinema because, like, that's the algorithm that just hit all those people. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then obviously walk back to the tube after, and no one gives a fuck. Mm. So like, it's just weird how TikTok like hits the communities, and they'll remember you for like a short space of time. Yeah, and then it'll go away. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. Yeah. And then it's like, you get stuck in this trap of, especially if you don't like the fame, like there's people who lean into it, like Dwayne Johnson, who's, you know, he seems to, he seems to thrive on it. Tom Cruise seems to thrive on it. On the fame. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, Dwayne Johnson leans into it massively. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably the, the more healthy way to go about it. But there's, then there's like people like, uh, I want to say Keanu Reeves, who, yeah. who really goes the other way with it. Probably like Christian Bale, people like yeah. that. Yeah, they don't tend to like Christian Bale. Um... And they, you're sort of like, I suppose you get stuck in this weird rock and a hard place situation where you want to continue doing what you're doing Mm. because you love acting or you love creating comedy videos or whatever, you love singing, 
but you know that if you keep doing that, you're just going to get potentially more famous and it's mm -hmm. going to get worse. Mm -hmm. So what do you do, you know? And it's yeah. And then obviously there's the money thing and whatever, but... Yeah, that must be hard. I think it must be hard to, like... Oh, I was thinking about this when I was watching the Lewis Capaldi documentary. Did I haven't seen it yet, it's a good. Amazing. Yeah, okay. And if you like transitional periods, that's the one you want to watch. Like, it goes through it so well. And, like, I was watching that and thinking, fuck... It must be really weird to like have a talent, like a demo, uh, what's the word, uh, like a distinct talent. Because mm. I think when you're trying to make TikTok something, what am I trying to say? When you're a good singer, nothing can take that away from you, unless mm. you go, you get a car accident. You know, yeah. like you are a good singer, and you can just sing, and you will always be good. When you're trying to make a funny TikTok or something you just might run out of steam, you might just, it might not be good. Like, you might, you might completely miss for the next year. Whereas, like, when, when you lose Capaldi and people start hearing you and start liking you, there's no getting off that train at that point because he's never going to stop being a good singer. Mm. You just bump, 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 more people find you, more people find you, more famous, more famous. And then I was, and I was like, fuck it, that must be terrifying because you're like, well, this is it now. Like, I'm just going to keep getting bigger forever. He's ne until I lose my voice, I guess. Like, and even then, people are still find him funny. He's just when you're just like that talented, and when you're that undeniably good at what you do, you, there's no escaping it at that point, and that must be quite scary, I think. Yeah, because it's like comedy is more complex. Like you said, it, there it, you're only as good as like your last TV show, exactly. your last couple of duds, and suddenly people you fall oh. off. Whereas singing, you don't just get a bad, you don't turn into a bad singer overnight. And also, you could say, oh, we might write a bad song, but people revisit songs forever. Mm. Whereas no one's going to fucking go back and watch a TikTok. Well, this is what I was going to ask you, actually. Oh, yeah? So, TikTok is supposedly, from everything I keep seeing from these growth experts and stuff, Sorry. that it's turning into like more of an SEO based platform right yeah yeah which means that it will back promote stuff from like six months ago like youtube does yeah that's exciting yeah. so that would be interesting to see because you're saying you know i have one that blows up five million gray and then and then you sort onto the next one sort of thing because mm. nobody nobody ever sees that video again nobody mm. ever sees that better porch video again and it's the most viral video of all time mm. but yeah that would be that'd be interesting to see how that goes and then i think that's where your you know your skits mm that's where they'll really take off because they're like evergreen they're not um what's yeah, the word uh, yeah Re not relevant. Knows what we're trying to think. like trending like um topical topical, topical. Yeah, yeah topical there it. you go yeah. so yeah it's going to be interesting but i think as well mate just to sort of like just to sort of understand how you work how do you go about creating a video so how do you go about creating the the you know the on the fly ones on the fly ones um a lot of the time, I'll, if, I, if I can do it in the moment, I will. So if something happens to me on the street and or wherever, and I have my phone and I'm on my own and I can do it, then I will do it. And I'll just tell the story completely candid. And when it's in the moment, it's always going to be better because you're going to be candid and you can make, you make yourself laugh about it or whatever, um, or rant about it. If I can't do it in the moment, I'll just write it down and then I'll try and go back to that place or a relevant place and almost reenact it but really just tell the story you know so we we talked about this before like i think can something being candid is like it's a, it's a subjective thing because i think like you can be candid 
Say for instance, I did one about a guy knocking into me on the street. I didn't have a chance to, to record that story at the time, but I wrote the story down and I went on to, out on the street and told the story as if it had just happened. Mm. I hadn't told the story to anyone in the meantime. The story rolled off my tongue as if it had just happened. So to me, that's a candid video. You're just taking your time to curate your stories, basically. Mm. Um, so basically, that's that. I, I, I write it down if I have to, go back. Sometimes, like we're talking about with the stand-up thing, sometimes I get the sense that an idea or a story has a narrative that could be made into more of a joke structure so that there's more of a punchline to it. So an example is, um, uh, I was talking about a homeless guy on a TikTok recently, and I was saying that he asked me to go in the shop and get some stuff, and that was all true, and I did, and I brought him the stuff out, and he said, um, he asked me if there were no large Red Bulls, because he asked me for a Red Bull, and I brought him a small, and he asked me if there were no large Red Bulls. And like, obviously to that, I just, in real life, was just like, Nah, sorry, mate, like, I'm just giving the thing. But on the TikTok, I did this whole punchline about, like, oh, well, I just came for some fucking toilet rolls. Like, um, do you want to swap? Like, do you want yeah. my toilet rolls? And, like, obviously I didn't say that to him in real life. But the point is, is that I recorded the real story, the real ending, like, three times. And I was like, I think it's a funny story, but I just feel like, there's, it feels like there's a build-up to nothing. Mm. So then I was like, do you know what? You can just add that punchline at the end. And... People might think it's true, but I mean, why? Most people will realize it's just a punchline. And so sometimes, my point is, is that sometimes I'll like um, construct the story in a way that feels more like a joke. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what stand-ups do, right? And, and this is what I mean, what I was saying earlier around, I feel like a lot of your stuff is like halfway there to be put on a stand-up stage you just you might need to just sort of adjust it a little bit yeah yeah similar to how, how a lot of stand-ups do because like, you know they're telling the same joke they told five years ago but, yeah. but what about the skits though because obviously they they're obviously a lot more complicated so so how does that work uh how long do they take to make how long do they take to film yeah yeah um so a skit uh might also come from something that's happened to me or it might be um, like we were together when a fire alarm went off mm. and I said to you at the time I want to uh, do a skit about a fire alarm in the office because no one ever reacts to fire alarms I could I considered going out and just talking about that because people quite like me talking about stuff and I could be like oh isn't it mental when does a fire alarm no one ever reacts and like maybe tell a story but then I thought no I'll do it in a skit form so then writing that skit I know for some of my TikTok friends takes a long time because they're much more thorough about it and they more they quite often have much bigger videos too. For me, I really like to be in a room with someone else who I find funny and just have a general idea and just start talking. So I'll record my bit so they get the idea of what mm. I want and then they record the reverse bit and then you're more just improving really. So there's a, I like to have kind of an outline based on my note. But I'll very rarely write like an actual script mm. unless it's an ad and the, and I need to get it signed off or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So and so filming will take like probably forty-five minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how complex it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I thought it would take a lot longer. Yeah. With just to sort of end this as well. Uh, one thing I did wanted to 
ask you about is the collaboration side of things with because who, who is it you collaborate with? Sam Cornforth. Yeah. Uh, is that the guy you mean? Yes. yes. At Sam Cornforth on TikTok, at Sam Seaforth on Instagram. But don't follow him, follow me <laughs> at Fred Asquith. <laughs> is it yeah. just him you collaborate with? Though? Yeah, um, I really, really want to collaborate with more people, but um, we found each other on TikTok quite early on. We both had about 50k, and now we both have about 250k. I think he's got 260, twat. And um, yeah, and he. Is it have, funny you're growing at like the same rate? It is funny, and also weird, because I'm not just trying to be like modest. He's way better than me. And like, I've told him this recently. I didn't tell him it initially because we kind of only just met. But now we've known each other about a year, right? And um, I was like, mate, I don't deserve, I don't des you don't deserve to be where I am. Like, you deserve to be way higher than me. Like, he, he makes such good skits. He takes so much time writing it and editing, filming and all this. And um, I love acting in this stuff because it's always really well planned. And we always laugh because my stuff is not well planned at all. And I always get him to act in it. And he's like, what are we doing? Like, what am I supposed to say? And I'm just like filming it. Um, and I love working with him because we have the same sense of humour. And um, it is weird that we have a similar following. I am convinced that he's going to like blow up, blow up very soon. Um, so I'm just treasuring the time that I'm nearby. Basically, no, yeah. like your, your stuff you do together is so funny. Like, I can totally see you guys getting some sort of he's great comedy show, but um, oh, it... I love that. I fucking love that. Tell you what, uh, sorry to interrupt. Have you seen um, Operation Mincemeat is on the West End? It's a new West End show, it's really small. I saw it a few weeks ago, it's so fucking good, and it made me jealous immediately. It's a comedy. Oh, show. is that about um, the guy, the story about the guy, um, the World War Two thing? Yeah. Where, where they didn't they fake a death of dead body? You, yeah. you, you, you explain it. I, I, I can't remember it. <laughs> they, they, they put a dead body in enemy territory with some clues on it, so the enemies thought that it was real, like the plot was real or something like that. Yeah, it was so, I can't remember where I learned about this, but they. Maybe in school, it's quite a famous story. I mean, I didn't actually know it, but I think it's a famous story. I think I learned about it on the maybe on the XFM show. Oh. On the Ricky Gervais XFM show, but so that's a comedy troupe who have cut, like made a comedy play of that and brought it to the West End. It is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I said to Sam, um, "I want us to do something like that." Yeah, like it, it's it's enviably good. And like I honestly just want to like message him and be like, "Can I help?" <laughs> yeah, there's only six of them, and I think it seems quite tight knit. But yeah, that's the plan. One day. The beauty of like TikTok and stuff, right, is that you don't need um, TV shows and people yeah. like that to come to you because you're, you've already got a good platform. So then it's just about you. Um, I mean, going back to like monetizing and stuff, I suppose you could do that and then leverage that to then create something bigger. Yeah. And people, or, or, or people nowadays, they start like Kickstarters and all sorts. Like, did you ever watch, um, do, you watch do you like animation? Uh, I don't watch much. No. So th there was. Do you ever watch like Charlie the Unicorn as a kid? No, I wasn't. I'll show it to you afterwards. I'll pick right. it. It, it. It was a really, really viral cartoon um, on YouTube in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, mm. about these unicorns. It's just mental. But anyway, <laughs> the uh, he's been releasing like the guy called it's called Film Cow, and he's had numerous viral videos. But he's been releasing a Charlie the Unicorn video like once every eighteen months, sort of thing. And then what he did is he's because everyone was like can you just finish the story because it's been 10 years so they, they were like okay cool well uh, you know i'll start a kickstarter 
if you guys give me 40 grand, I'll finish it. And the Kickstarter made $300,000. So, so, so what he did is he just went mental with it. Um, hired like, you know, animators and all this stuff. Oh, that's and, um, and just, yeah, just went mad with it. And he made like a, everyone was expecting like a one part 15 minute video because all the right. other videos are like two minutes. Yeah. And he made like eight videos. Oh, nice. All like 15 minutes long. Uh, over, and they released them over the course of like 18 months. That's so, so everyone was, it was like finale and then it was like finale part two. Oh, and, nice. it was like, and it was just like never ending. So anyway, my point is that you can do stuff like that nowadays, can't you? Where you can set up Kickstarters and stuff. So if you wanted to do that, mm-hmm. you know, people probably would, if you said like me and Sam or whatever are going to um, make a play or whatever, do you want to contribute to the project so we can actually put time aside for it because we've got rent yeah. to pay. Yeah. People do that nowadays. Maybe. I Again, I would feel a bit like like I was getting off my high horse a little bit. I do, I do feel though, like you know, like I think we've talked before about like how TikTok is great because it's like democratized um, comedy, let's say, mm. or it's democratized all types, all, all, all types of like people. Uh, what was I talking about? All types of entertainment because you can kind of have big videos from nothing if you're talented at something. Right? Mm. However, I do think. The danger of that is it's taken away um, the feeling of specialism and it's taken away the feeling of like finding your lane. And so I wouldn't want to go into something and just assume that like, oh, well, I've had a few co- uh, comedy TikTok videos that did well. So I will be able to do stand up, uh, TV sketches, theater, comedy, things like that. Because the, the likelihood is if I can do one, then I'm lucky. Mm. I might not be able to do any. Because, like, I follow, for instance, this guy who I've seen at the secret Top Secret Comedy Club loads of times. What's he called? Russell Hicks. The American dude. He's great, isn't he? I love him, and I was just watching an Instagram video of him yesterday. He's brilliant, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's so good, right? And I, I think, right, it's weird how, um, like, what am I trying to say? His comedy is so good live mm. that you can't appreciate it on Instagram. Do no. you, get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the way he interacts with the audience is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. And it, people are, like, laughing out of their chairs. Like, it's so good. And when he's on Instagram, he's on his own. He doesn't have that interaction. You can't appreciate his style of comedy as much. Mm. And so he's found his perfect lane, which is, like, he's just a banging stand-up comedian. I'm here doing comedy TikToks. There's no, there's no chance I'm going to be able to do that as well as him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I need to find my lane. Maybe it is that. Or maybe it's maybe it would be, like, theatre or something. Or maybe it would be something on TV. Maybe it'd just be fucking, like, comedy panel shows. But the point is, is that, like, TikTokers come into this game, and I think they're thinking, well, I can just do it all. But, like, I think you still have to work at it. Like, he's been doing stand-up for probably 10 years. Mm. And that's why he's so good. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't think you can, like, I couldn't just go and write a fucking theatre show and it'd be as good as Operation Mincemeat. Like, they've been touring that for five years. It's it's literally perfect. And they've probably started their careers in theatre and comedy theatre. They've probably done de- fucking degrees in it and shit. So I, my point is, is that I think TikTok has made it easier for talented people to find an audience. That's great. But I think it's made it maybe too easy to take too big of a leap too soon. And I think that you still need to like learn the craft from the ground up. Yeah. For a consistent career in it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Not great. Do I sound like a dick again? No, no, you sound, you sound, you sound <laughs> quite a fair point, right? Yeah. So, um, where do you want people to follow you? What's your socials? Yeah, follow me at Fred Asquith on all platforms. Um, mainly, I, I want you to follow me on Instagram. Those are the, that's where the followers count. If you're gonna spend your finger energy, Instagram's the one. At Fred Asquith, A S Q U I T H. Get on Instagram because the followers count on Instagram, TikTok. They don't really matter. So uh, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Get me on there. But um, Twitter, Twitter's a bit of a wild west. If you want to go on there, but mainly Instagram. Yeah. Cheers. Instagram and uh, you are available on TikTok as well. I am available on TikTok. Cool. That's where you get everything, all the shit and the good ones. Cool, yeah. awesome mate. Cheers for coming on. Cheers, thanks.